Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 12, 15 through 28, called Clean Out the Old Leaven. Look at chapter 5, verse 6. Paul's been dealing with a false gospel uh, among the Galatian churches, and he says, In Christ Jesus, 5, 6 of Galatians, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Uh, we can talk about the negative. The negative is to sweep out the leaven. Here's the positive. Why don't you put a little bit more love into the situation? Get the leaven out, put the love in. Rather than holding on to bitterness, rather than holding on to all the stuff that we can allow to leaven others to spread to the whole lump of dough, how about we put some love in? How about we become the positive person who decides to reach out to others and pray for others and say, you know what, I'm going to be a positive influence, not a negative one. Paul says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And then he says, this persuasion did not come from him who calls you. Here's the image once again. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view. Don't hold to this false doctrine. But the one who is disturbing you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. The Lord's going to deal with this guy. So this is the image of the leaven and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, all the way back to the book of Exodus, if you will, both Old and New Testament. As the Jews were to celebrate the Feast of Matzah, they were to sweep out the leaven out of the corners of their households. The dates of the feast are given in Leviticus 23, verses 5 and 6. Just write it down for your notes. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at twilight is the Lord's Passover, Leviticus 23, 5, and then verse 6 says, Then on the 15th day of the same month, there is the feast of matzah or unleavened bread. To the Lord, for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. If you're interested, let me reiterate that all the feasts of Israel from the spring to the fall are all listed in Leviticus 23, beginning with Passover and going all the way to the Feast of Tabernacles. So this would be a good uh, chapter for you guys to have under your belt. We won't go there for the sake of time. But you can see the application. We're to make a clean sweep of our lives. Uh, sometimes at the ball game, if you uh, have a team that you like, Dodgers should be your team. Uh, so let's just say that a some of you are just rebels. We'll talk later about you know that angelic team in Anaheim. Anyway, never mind. But they do have a good player, Shohei Otani. Oh, man, that guy's good. But anyway, um, so if you're there about to sweep a team, people will bring brooms to the game, right? And it's kind of like we're going to make the clean sweep. Well, that's what we want to do in our lives. We want to sweep out all the leaven in response to our salvation. Not to get ourselves saved, but because we are saved and we want to be vessels fit for the master's use. So leaven can be subtle. 
Things can kind of sneak into the corners of our homes and our lives. And sometimes, you know, all of a sudden we realize that something has been swelling in the corner, so to speak. It's been fermenting. It's been spreading to other people. And that's how the world works. And so on this feast, there's some some more instruction. This is 1216 of Exodus. On the first day of the feast, you shall have a holy, the word holy is kodesh, it means a sacred assembly. The word assembly I gave to you last time is mikra, M-I-Q-R-A. It's a calling together, it's a summoning, and it has the idea of a rehearsal or a dress rehearsal. And another holy or sacred assembly on the seventh day. Notice, no work of any kind at all shall be done on these two high holy days within the feast. They fall on the first and seventh day of the feast. Except what must be eaten by every person, that alone may be prepared by you. So within the seven-day feast of matzah are two high days. They are called sacred assemblies. And if you break down the Hebrew word, it has the implication of a rehearsal. If you've ever been invited to a wedding, let's say you're part of the wedding party, they will do a rehearsal often before the ceremony. What's the purpose of a wedding rehearsal? It's to get people in the right positions. You know what you're going to do, who's going to say what, you're going to be here, we're going to stand like this. For 1,500 years, the Jews did dress rehearsals leading up to the lamb who would finally arrive, Jesus, and take away the sin of the world. Every year when they killed the Passover lambs, when they ate unleavened bread for a week, it was anticipating the arrival of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And within the feast, two sacred assemblies, two times to have a day of committed to worship. Now, here's the application for us. What's the Lord ask of the modern church? He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the habit of some. Now, we are not under the law, but certainly God deserves a couple of hours a week from believing Christians, does he not? And I think he deserves much more. And, and I have heard all the weak excuses, and I'm not talking about people who have to work on Sundays. Some of that's out of your control. But for professing believers to say, you can't give God two hours a week in worship, dedicated worship, to lead your families, gentlemen, to the Lord, to me, I don't get it. I don't get it. And even though we are under grace, I don't know why anyone who names the name of the Lord does not want to gather in sacred assembly with the people of God. For, you know, some churches you go to, it'll be an hour. Living truth, it's typically three hours. We all all understand. You can see the pain look on some of your faces, but anyway. (laughs) Now notice, these days, these high holy days, were not to be treated as normal everyday events. They summoned the people of God, and they said, no work, these days are about worship. They're about commemoration. They're about gathering in his name. Maybe a good way to think about this is communion time. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, as often as you eat this bread, the matzah, and drink the cup, the juice, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we gather in sacred assembly, we are making a proclamation. 
We are saying Jesus Christ is coming again. And we participate in something Jesus transformed into the Lord's Supper. That is the elements of the communion or the uh, Passover meal. And so you shall observe the first, excuse me, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, 17. For on this very day, I brought your hosts, if you have an NIV, your divisions, New King James, your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance. Now, we haven't even gotten to the actual Passover event yet and the death of the firstborn, but they're going to leave Egypt on the first day of unleavened bread. And God says, I want you to mark this day. This is the very day that you left in your divisions or literally in your hosts. By the way, hosts and divisions and New King James armies is probably best translated armies because the Jewish people had to leave Egypt in haste. They couldn't let the bread rise. They had to leave quickly, but they had to be prepared for battle because in Exodus 17, they are going to battle the Amalekites. They had to leave as God's army. Brethren, here's the application for us. We're saved by the blood of the lamb. We've got to sweep out the leaven. And we have to be prepared for battle. Because even though we're saved by grace, we have a spiritual battle. We have an enemy prowling about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And we have been given the armor of God. And though we are saved, we still have to put on the armor. Amen? Because we got an enemy that wants to undermine our faith. He wants to stumble us. He wants to undermine churches and marriages. And he's very much on the prowl. And so we must remember We're called together to remember and celebrate. Let me show you an interesting verse. This is in the book of Numbers. So you got Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, chapter 33. This is a little bit to your right. This is what, this is a record of the different places that Israel journeyed, recorded after the fact in Numbers 33. Take a look at verse 1. Now, these are the journeys of the Starship Enterprise. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not the correct reading. But you all know that Leonard Nimoy, uh, by the way, was a Jewish man. And it's interesting. Leonard Nimoy uh, used a symbol in uh, Star Trek. And this is what it was. And he said, live long and prosper. Do you know that they found these symbols, this symbol on Jewish graves in many different places. And the high priest, when he would pray the ironic blessing, I have trouble with this hand doing it. This is how he would pray the blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. This was the position of the fingers. I've heard uh, Leonard Nimoy in the past um, document people feeling a tug to go back to Israel and checking their DNA, even in the last 10, 20 years feeling a tug to go back to the Holy Land, which is interesting. These are the journeys of the sons of Israel, Numbers 33, 1, by which they came out of the land of Egypt by their armies. There's that word armies. Under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Moses recorded their starting places according to their journeys by the command of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their starting places. They journeyed from Ramses, 33.3 of Numbers, in the first month. That's the month of Abib. That's what we've been studying, or Nisan. On the 15th day of the first month, that's the beginning of unleavened bread, 
On the next day after the Passover, the sons of Israel started out boldly in the sight of the Egyptians, notice, while the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had struck down among them. The Lord had also executed judgments on their gods. Then the sons of Israel journeyed from Ramses and camped in Sukkot. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you consider giving a year-end gift to Walk in Truth? We rely on the generosity of our listeners to help fund this ministry so we can equip as many people as possible with God's truth and show them how to apply that truth to their life. We hope Pastor Michael's teachings have been doing that for you. Would you please consider giving a gift of $20? With the help of your donation, we will continue to bring the gospel to people listening on this radio station and straight to their phone through podcast. Please give your donation of $20 now. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. Visit walkintruth.com. Thank you so much for your partnership. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. This was the position of the fingers. I've heard uh, Leonard Nimoy in the past um, document people feeling a tug to go back to Israel and checking their DNA, even in the last 10, 20 years, feeling a tug to go back to the Holy Land, which is interesting. These are the journeys of the sons of Israel, Numbers 33, 1, by which they came out of the land of Egypt by their armies. There's that word armies. Under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Moses recorded their starting places according to their journeys by the command of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their starting places. They journeyed from Ramses, 33.3 of Numbers, in the first month. That's the month of Abib. That's what we've been studying, or Nisan. On the 15th day of the first month, that's the beginning of unleavened bread. On the next day after the Passover, the sons of Israel started out boldly in the sight of the Egyptians, notice, while the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had struck down among them. The Lord had also executed judgments on their gods. Then the sons of Israel journeyed from Ramses and camped in Sukkot. It's interesting, and this is an image that is forever etched in my brain, Exodus 12, that as Israel's going out and they've collected the... Uh, the jewelry and all, all that uh, the Egyptians gave them, as they're marching out triumphantly in song, I'm sure, in celebration, the Egyptians were doing this. And they were burying graves for all the firstborn dead in all the land of Egypt. What a contrast. The people of God going out in victory, the Egyptian people mourning their dead as God had brought a severe judgment. And so we wrap up the first part of the text by looking at 1218 in the first month, a reiteration now with actual calendar dates. Before we saw it was a seven-day feast. Now we have the actual calendar first given to Moses. On the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. Seven days there should be no leaven found in your houses for whoever eats what is leavened, that person shall be cut off 
from the congregation of Israel, whether he is an alien or a native of the land. You shall not eat anything leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. Now, it can't get any more clear than that, can it? And the penalty, if you decide that during that week, you just can't handle it. I got to have a bagel. And somebody opens the door and there you are. Caught with a bagel. Caught with a maple bar. Caught with a slice of pepperoni pizza. Someone's going to say to you, what are you doing? You couldn't even go a week without something leavened. And here's the penalty. It's to be cut off from Israel. There are some major views. Some believe the extreme view, this is execution. Some believe it's excommunication. There's a similar fate at Living Truth. If you steal the pastor's maple bar, excommunication. No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Think about this. In the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, what do they do to that man? They excommunicate him. They kick him out of the church. And Paul says these words, I've handed him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. So some see a parallel there. Others would say it's stated as a fact in that God will ultimately deal with that person so that they will be cut off in whatever sense God says that to be, a shortened life, barrenness perhaps. This is just conjecture. Uh, There are others who say they will not share in the blessings of the promised land, eternal life. You can make your list. But it is something that would be surprising that someone can't even keep this for a week. Like, what's going on with you? And here's the larger picture. Because these are symbols of salvation, if someone can't keep the symbol, have they experienced the reality? In other words, when you take the Lord's Supper and you take the piece of matzah and the juice, that doesn't save you. They are symbols. When you go into a baptismal water, The water doesn't save you. We could dunk you a thousand times in the water and it would change nothing. But if you've been saved on the inside, now the water becomes uh, beautifully symbolic, emblematic of what's happened on the inside. That you've been changed, you've been raised. The Lord's Supper is the same idea. In Roman Catholicism, they teach at the consecration of the Mass, the priest literally calls down the Holy Spirit And the wafer, the Eucharist, and the cup of wine, I'm quoting them now, literally is turned into the body, soul, blood, and divinity of the Lord. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit at the end of the service. But really, that's not what's happening. Because think about it. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, this is my body. All of you eat it. He took the third cup of the Seder, the cup of salvation, He said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Was it his blood? No. Were they munching on his body? No. The truth of the symbols pointed to the one that was sitting there. It was not literally his body, blood, soul, and divinity. The symbols took on that rich, beautiful meaning so that when you partake In Passover and unleavened bread, when you take the Lord's Supper, when you go into the baptismal waters, you are acting out the symbols that should reflect the reality. Therefore, if someone couldn't even do that, God says, if you're not going to imbibe, if you're not going to accept, if you're not going to act out the symbols of salvation, then it is clear to me that you don't belong to me. Amen? 
and thus they are cut off. So we know we've passed out of death into life because we love God's people. We want to be in the sacred assembly because we belong to the community of God because we first obviously belong to him. And so someone who wouldn't do this, it became very clear that their heart was far from the Lord and that would have to be revisited. Now, all of this has been instruction given to Moses. If you take a look at Exodus 12.1, what we have is Moses and Aaron are spoken to. Uh, the Lord addresses them in the land of Egypt. And this has been all dialogue given to them by God, now passed on to the congregation. We'll move quickly. Then Moses called for the elders. Zaken is the Hebrew word. It means a leader, not necessarily uh, about age here the elders of Israel, and said to them, go, this is a truncated communication of what he received, go and take for yourselves lambs according to your families and slay the Passover lamb. You've been listening to Clean Out the Old Leaven, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 12, verses 15 through 28. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't feel like talking, but you could use some prayer, we have pastors on staff that would love to do that with you. You can call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, you may be wondering about the Passover and do why do Christian churches maybe not do more uh, celebrations or rituals like this? Well, actually, uh, we have a relationship with a uh, congregation here in our city, and it is led by two wonderful brothers, rabbis, but they're both uh, Christians. They're converts to Christ. And they have a Messianic congregation in our city, and we have celebrated Passover with them. And as they go through the Passover story, they talk about the fulfillment in the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. Now, we're quick to say, as Gentile believers, hey, celebrating the Passover in that way is not necessary, not required, but something you can do and something that's rich and beautiful And especially when you know it's been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. He is our Passover lamb. Are you cleaning out the leaven? Have you trusted in him so that you can be without leaven? Because the only way you can be clean before God is through the finished work of Christ and making him your Savior and Lord. Repent of your sin today. Trust in him. If you do know him, it'd be a great time to clean out the leaven out of your life. Get ready for 2023 so that you can be on mission, walking close with the Lord. Hey, if we can help you in any way, we're always here. Walkintruth.com, click on that church tab, or send us a message through the website, walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and I'm so grateful for all of you who pray for Walk in Truth and support Walk in Truth financially. You know, this ministry, we've been talking about the fact that it's grown to multiple radio stations, reaching thousands and thousands each week in some surprising places to me, like Israel and India, for example. And it's so beautiful to know that the Word of God has power 
and it goes out across seas and over land, you know, borders, and it meets the most essential human need of all, the need for God, the need to know our creator, the need to know our king and our savior. I want to give some shout outs to those who have given and become new Walk in Truth partners. Janice from Calabasas, thank you for partnering at $25 a month. Linda in Utah has become a partner as well. And Johnny from Corona also has given a gift recently. Thank you, Johnny. We deeply appreciate all of you who partner with Walk in Truth and give to Walk in Truth. Now, you notice that wasn't a huge list of names because we need more support. Uh, we're only about 35% listener supported, but we would love to hit that 50% mark. And um, each time one of you steps up and doesn't expect someone else to do it, it makes a huge difference. And it gives us the ability to widen out what we're doing in more areas. And if that's your passion and you really resonate with this ministry, would you go to walkintruth.com today and either give a year-end gift or become a monthly partner. It really is a blessing, and uh, it makes a huge difference, and it really sends us a message as well that uh, what we're doing really matters. Thank you. We love you. See you next time. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to your life please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month. Or you can give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 12, 15 through 28, called Clean Out the Old Leaven. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.